Tonight, is the Fed finally finished hiking interest rates? Well, sure sounds like it. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. Steve, it's almost like the what used to be the headline was, are we hiking or not? But it almost seems yep. like now we're in a place where the real headline comes from what Fed Chair Powell says after that's announced, which talks about maybe what we can expect in the future. That is really, I think, what the markets respond to now. Well, his his prepared statement is just his lips are moving, but I really he didn't really say anything. That's not an accident, Amy. I mean, nope. he's he's learned his lesson as hard those before him have learned that. Wow, why is the market down six hundred points? Oh, his lips are moving Be- yeah. because if he's being honest about where the economy's at, it 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 hadn't been bad. Uh, it hadn't been good news. And and when he comes out and says we have to do this, we have to do that, and and things are pretty serious, markets don't like that. Um, so really now the bulk of the good information we're getting is when he answers questions. And yeah. he ta- one thing I appreciate about uh, Chairman Powell. He tends to be pretty transparent and pretty open and honest with his statements. And, you know, I was I was watching him talk yesterday and I'm watching the market and I'm like, OK, market's doing OK. Market's doing OK. And he, all he really said, uh, he kind of hinted strongly that he the Federal Reserve may be done raising rates and yeah. markets like that. Well, keep in mind, right, they've raised them 11 times just in a year and a half since March of 2022. So he's kind of been on center stage since then. Not that he hasn't always been important. Obviously, it's always been an important role. But when you're doing something that affects so many Americans on a daily basis, right, you're going to get a lot of attention for that. And so, you know, it was like, are they going to hike again or not? And of course, yesterday they did not. No surprises there. There was like a 99.999% chance they weren't going to hike yesterday. Yesterday. Um, but there's still some questions out there. Will they hike again this year? And yeah. I think the more we talk, the more he talked yesterday, Fed Chair Powell, the more we realized he may kind of feel like they've done enough, right? There's yeah. there's two kind of looming rate hikes out there that we haven't seen sort of the full lag time that you would expect for that to continue to tighten the economy, right? There's usually about a nine month to a year after that happens where you can expect some tightening to continue. We haven't fully run the course. And I think his point is we may have done enough. The data, at least, that's coming in is starting to show that maybe we have. They also, though, Steve, have a a little bit of a bump uh, in the form of what's going on um, with some treasuries right now. Longer term. Yeah, it's yeah. He got a little help on this one. Yeah, yeah, the the market, it's it's really interesting. And I don't want to go into the weeds too much in, in the bond market. But the U.S. government is borrowing records amount of record amounts of money right now because of the deficit. The national debt is the highest it's ever been. It's around $32 trillion. Well, how do you raise that money for your country to operate just like a bank does? A bank issues CDs. You go When you go to the bank and buy a CD, what you're actually doing is giving the bank money for them to use for whatever purpose, which is going to be lending it back out at higher interest rates. Well, that's what the government does with treasury bills, treasury bonds, and treasury notes. They're, they're, it's debt issued by the government. And when you buy a treasury bond or a treasury bill, you're giving the government money so the government can operate. And, and you know, when I say you, I'm talking about the biggest buyers, like other countries, buy mm-hmm. our debt. Because we, believe it or not, we are still the safest place 
to invest in. And we are the reserve currency. All the problems in this country still, we are the best out there. So, yeah, um, we're issuing a ton of debt. And when you issue a ton of debt like that, well, buyers want a little bit higher interest. And, and we have seen interest rates creep up in the open marketplace in the bond market from four and a half to we actually hit 5% for the first time in about 50 years on the 10-year treasury debt. So, you know, when you hit 5%, keep in mind, this debt was being issued at under 1% about two years ago. Yeah. So that's good news for investors that are trying to earn interest on the money. Bad news for our country's finances because we are now paying 5% interest when we were paying 1% interest. And I kind of blame a little bit of that on Janet Yellen because just like you would want your 30-year mortgage at 2.5%, not at the current 75 or higher percent, Janet Yellen could have issued a lot more 20 and 30 year debt at 1%, whereas now they're being forced to pay four, four and a half, five percent 5%. So there's a lot going on there. But the bottom line is, as the marketplace interest rates are rising, um, the Fed's like, well, you know what, that's going to slow down the economy. We don't have to raise that one rate that we control. The market's doing it for us. So we can sit tight and see how this slows the economy down. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Srovac, as we talk about what Fed Chair Powell said yesterday, right? What it means for the future, what it could mean to you. Um, no hikes, and we don't expect maybe any hikes in the coming days, the coming months, as we end out 2023. Uh, you know, and it's interesting, Steve, too, because yeah. when we came into 2023, there were a lot of people that thought, hey, maybe by mid-year this year, we might actually see rate cuts, uh, didn't happen, won't happen no. this year. But now we're actually getting to a point where people who are voting members of the Federal Reserve, right, are saying yeah. they're starting to talk about it and saying, hey, maybe next year, 2024, we will get to a point where we can loosen things a little bit. But we do expect that the economy is going to continue to tighten uh, until we get to that point. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people are looking at their 401k statements and saying, OK, I see stocks are down a little bit last month or last quarter. Um, but bonds look like they're down. Are bonds bad? Are, is that something I should get out of? Keep in mind, bonds go up and down based on one big variable, and that's what are interest rates doing since I bought my bonds, okay? So if interest rates went up a ton, which they did in the past year and a half, you saw bonds drop in value. If and when interest rates come back down, you make that money back. You'll see your bonds go back up in value. Well, the Fed, they control the interest rates. They're already telling us when they, when they published their dot plot last month, they already told us, yeah, we're going to be reducing interest rates sometime over the next 12 to 18 months. Our bet is probably mid-year next year. Yeah. Um, we may start seeing some rate cuts, and the market is kind of saying, yeah, most likely three rate cuts by the Federal Reserve in 2024. If you own bonds, that's good news, because once they start cutting rates, bonds should start going back up the ladder. Okay, so that's what it means, right, for, for bond owners, bond investors. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what it means for anyone who's been looking to buy a house, right, yeah. who's probably been sidelined during this time because, you know, interest rates, you almost have whiplash with how fast interest rates that went, went up. You know, it went from, you know, 
two percent, you know, somewhere around there, yeah. south of three yeah. percent, certainly. To I just saw yesterday eight percent. Um, you know, yeah. and so maybe Can you believe you've been, that. Yeah, it made me a little nauseous, right? I mean, no one likes to look at that. And I think a lot of people now are saying, I'm going to stay put for a while. But if you're staying put wondering when you can move, well, you're looking very closely at when the Federal Reserve is sort of putting out there that they might start to cut rates, because that's when things will start to loosen up for you as well. Yeah, and there's a lesson to be learned out of this. And nothing lasts forever. I I mean, two and a half percent was not normal for 30-year mortgages. But then again, 8% is not normal for 30-year mortgages. So, you know, everything reverts to the mean at some point. And, okay, you missed your chance to get a 2.5% mortgage. But even though the Federal Reserve doesn't directly impact interest rates uh, on mortgages, I mean, they're not setting mortgage rates, but they're all interrelated. And if the Fed starts cutting rates mid-year next year, and we'll be talking to Michelle Sloan in a little bit, um, I, I think you'll see mortgage rates come down a little bit, too. I don't think they'll get back down anywhere near 3%. But are they going to stay as high as 8 No. And I, I just talked to a, a realtor uh, uh, right before we uh, went on air, and she told me it's giving this current market, when I asked her if it just shut down, she said that actually this current market is good for people that are trying to buy, especially first-time home buyers, because they're not seeing 20 and 30 offers in the first 48 hours of a listing. They're actually having time to look at houses mm. and decide what's best and, and, you know, how they finance it. Well, they'll finance it however they can right now, but they can always refi sure. if rates come back down. So it's kind of removed the frenzy out of yeah. the market a yeah. little bit. Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, no, I agree. Also, though, what does this mean to you if you have, if you listen to us every day, you've been smart about this and you have an emergency fund yeah, lying around, right? Yeah. We talk about six to nine months of those critical expenses. You want this money. This is the cornerstone of a financial plan because if something goes wrong in your life and it inevitably will, something's going to break down the car, the HVAC unit, there's going to be a diagnosis that someone wasn't expecting. And if you don't have this emergency money, then whatever ends up happening usually is you go into debt, right? You, you take on yeah. bad decisions there. So you have this emergency fund. Well, for years, we've had people coming to us saying, yeah, but where do I put it? Because if you had it in a, in a savings account, you were making 0.00001% mm-hmm. on that money. Mm-hmm. Now, there are options out there. And Steve, right before the show, I got online. There are some online savings accounts, some of them with no minimums that are north of 5% interest. And, and we're not talking risk and not right. insured and goes up and down and I don't understand. We're talking money markets that, that they don't move. They have no risk. You know, yeah. money market accounts and fully liquid. You can move it into your checking account an hour after you put money in the money market if you want. It, you know, we're finally getting decent rates, but I, I'm going to edit that a little bit most of the time. There are some big banks in town, and this is a good German town where people pay attention to interest yes. rates and and people are getting lazy. And there are a couple of big banks in town that are still paying under one-tenth of one percent mm. interest on money markets. And if you don't know what your interest rate is and you've got an emergency fund of 20, 30, maybe even six figures, and you're not getting at least two, two and a half percent, um, I think you might want to shop around a little bit or at least let your bank know you're shopping around and maybe they can come up with, with something better. Because yesterday I sat down with a person who just sold their vacation home, put the money in their very large, very well-known bank here in Cincinnati in the money market, because that's what we, we tell people. And she showed me your statement, 0.03% oh. on six figures, 0.03%. 
And almost any other bank in town is going to give her at least two, two and a half, maybe even 4%. And if you go with, uh, like you said, some of the, the big brokerage firm money markets, maybe even over 5%. Yeah. So now is the time to shop around, do your research if you haven't yep. already. Here's the all worth advice. Be strategic when you're deciding what to do with your cash, right? Lots of takeaways from what the Federal Reserve uh, has been doing lately. Coming up next, we just found out the amount of money that you can contribute to your retirement accounts in 2024. Here's a hint for you. You can sock away more. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovec. If you can't catch our show every night, you don't have to miss the thing we talk about. We've got a daily podcast for you. It's called Simply Money. Just search for it on the iHeart app or wherever you turn to to get your podcast. Coming up at 643, we've got one of the biggest misconceptions that you might have on the road to retirement. Speaking of retirement... One of the main vehicles that all of us use, right, to save for retirement is now our 401k uh, and, and often IRAs as well. We just are getting the numbers out of how much you can save for all of those super savers out there that max it out every year. Yeah. And, and you know, it's one of those things that most of these contribution limits, Amy, uh, they're adjusted for inflation as they should be. And we've had some pretty high inflation, so you're able to put more money away. So right about when I was starting to memorize how much you can put away, we're getting into 2024 and the numbers have changed. So that's my problem, not anybody else's. But no, the good news is um, if you're trying to max out, if you're a late starter, a late investment bloomer, and you want to start putting more money away in 2024, you're going to be able to do that. 401ks that were limited to 22.5 of your own money. Um, now it's 23,000. That's more than a, a 2% increase over 2023. So, you know, if you want to increase what you're putting away in your 401k, talk to HR, talk to payroll. They can figure out how to max it. But the answer is it's going to be quite a bit more. And IRAs are up also. IRAs are up. Um, the limit this year in 23 was 6,500. That bumps to 7,000. And if you're over age 50, Yep, you still get to put an extra $1,000 catch up. So instead of being limited to $7,500 if you're over 50, it'll be $8,000 in 2024. By, by the way, there's also a catch up for uh, the 401k uh, limit. Um, yeah, that's going to be pretty nice. Also, an extra $7,500 if, you, if you're over age 50. You know, they, they announce these new thresholds every year. This is kind of right in line with what I would have expected. Don't you think yeah. for what next? It usually ticks yeah. up about 500 bucks on every level. Um, another thing to keep in mind, though, we, we talk about Roth options, right? And that's where yeah. you pay taxes now. You lock in today's tax rate. And then whenever you need to access that money in retirement, you pull that money out tax-free as opposed to kind of a tax-deferred traditional 401k. Well, the thing about uh, Roth IRAs is when you get to a certain income threshold, you can no longer put money into a Roth IRA, right? And so they are yeah. also increasing that amount. If you're an individual filer uh, and you make between 146 and 161, right, that might limit your Roth IRA contributions for married couples. You can make up to two, uh, 240 now uh, and still put money into a Roth. So uh, that's, you know, crept up quite a bit over the last several years and a great it, it option. It has, especially for single individuals that might get a nice year-end bonus. Um, yeah, you go to your accountant in April and they say, oh, you put money in a Roth, you weren't eligible. Oh, my goodness. How, well, they can be fixed. Okay, it's not a big deal. 
but you have to be aware just because it's a Roth doesn't mean you're allowed to put money in. If you're lucky enough to make some serious dollars, check with an accountant, check with a tax advisor before you make that contribution. The things that we are still waiting for from the IRS, the adjustments for tax brackets for next year, standard deduction amounts, right? Hold your breath. We will get back to you on those. <laughs> we'll get around to it. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get back to you on that one as soon as the IRS gets back to us on that one. One thing that you do not have to wait around for is making some money on cash. Talking about this earlier in the show, but see, this is the time where if you have your money sitting in a savings account somewhere and it's making 0.001% or whatever yeah. it has been for years, you need to shop around now because there are options. This is the kind of one of the best benefits of rising interest yeah. rates, you know, one and for the, the longest ones. time, we, well, when the Federal Reserve started to yeah. raise interest rates, we kept saying, eventually these banks will start to raise the interest that you're yeah. making in your accounts. It took a while to get there, but we're there. And if you've got an emergency uh, emergency fund with 50, 60, 80, maybe even north of $100,000 in it, and you look at your year uh, month end statement and you see, ah, oh, $5, I, I, I guess interest rates are pretty slow to move up. No, talk to your bank because you should be getting a lot more than that. And some banks are holding back and seemingly don't care if they lose you. Um, it's not unusual to see less than 1% on a money market at a bank, um, but they're not all like that. You can go to other banks that have the same insurance, the same FDIC limits, and they're paying 25 3% on the exact same type of investment. It's called a money market fund, and it you can move it into checking from the money market anytime you want. It just pays better interest, and some banks pay a lot more than others. I'll tell you the other thing that, that you want to take a hard look at is brokerage money markets. And, and there are some big mutual fund companies that pay even higher, Amy. I'm seeing north of 5% with zero risk. Now, they don't have the same insurance, so you want to just see if you're comfortable with that. But if you're looking to keep a decent amount of cash on hand that you need to be fully liquid, 5% is not out of the question. Yeah, just keep in mind, right, there's a slight difference if that money is in a brokerage account. It's not insured the same right. way when we had some banks failing earlier that year. That was a you know, huge thing. If you've got up to $250,000 in a, an account with the bank and something happens, that bank goes under, you're fully insured. You're going to get that money back. So it works a little bit differently. But, you know, I will say that's obviously not the norm that these banks or major brokerage uh, firms would be going under, but something to keep in mind here. But yeah, I think finally, as an investor, you have, uh, it used to be Tina. We used to talk about Tina. There's no alternative. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. only place to put your money is the stock market. Now you've got options. You do. And, and you know, investors have seen the volatility in the stock market, volatility in the bond market. So, you know, OK, well, I can get four or five percent with no risk. I, you know, I might pull some money out and play sit on the sidelines for a while. Guess what? We're at uh, almost record amounts in money market funds for investors. We're at five point six trillion. That's close to as high as it's ever been in money markets. Asset managers on average have about a fifth of their money on the sidelines. Believe it or not, yeah, that's a sign of the volatility and, and the frustration in stocks and bonds, Amy. It's also one of the most bullish signs out there because that money has to go back to work at some point. Money managers are not gonna keep that money sitting in the money market forever. And when it goes back into the stock market, supply and demand, guess what goes up?
Here's the all worth advice. If your long-term portfolio has too much cash in it, you could lose out on thousands and thousands of dollars over time, right? So just make sure money is where it needs to be and to be working as hard for you as it possibly can. Coming up next, we've got an update on the local housing market. Are there some cracks finally emerging? You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Sprovac. We were just talking earlier in the show about the fact that the Federal Reserve met this week. Big announcement. No hiking of interest rates. In fact, maybe they're starting to telegraph that sometime in the next year or so, we might actually see um, rates being cut. Joining us tonight is our real estate expert, Michelle Slow. Michelle, is that music to your ears? Maybe music to buyers' ears? Absolutely. Because the biggest thing is a lot of buyers are buying all of the headlines and they're a little bit scared Mm -hmm. or maybe they can't afford the home that they want. So they are waiting for those interest rates to go down. Mortgage interest rates right now have hit the 8% mark, which is another kind of watermark that we have not seen. It's actually the highest point, the highest mortgage rate we've seen in 23 years. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it Uh, is. (laughs) So you can see why some people will be scared because for the last 20 years, their rates have been lower than that. So people have expectations. Absolutely. Just two years ago, it was 3%. -hmm. So imagine 8% and imagine you just can't buy as much house as you used to be able to even just a couple of years ago. Well, but two and a half percent for thirty-year mortgages—that wasn't normal. I, I don't—I can't believe eight percent is normal. Yet my first house, and this was—I'm thinking 1985—was eleven percent because we went through almost exactly back then what we're going through right now: the Federal Reserve increasing interest rates because of high inflation. They come back down. Um, are you they expecting? Do. Yeah, are you expecting a, a significant drop over the next six to twelve months, or do you have any any guess? Wait, I don't. Or rates know, here's the thing: I don't know that it will be significant, yeah. but eight percent. We might get to eight and a half, and we're actually seeing a little bit of eight and a half right now as mm-hmm. well. But Ouch. so a little history for you: thirty-year mortgage rate in the United States averaged seven point seven four percent from nineteen seventy-one until 2023. So really, we are right there in that average, but you're right. So the last few years have been really low, three and 4%, kind of crazy, but the highest rate ever recorded, (laughs) 18.63% in 1981. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So those are great statistics that we can look at and realize, you know, we're not in it's fine. We're going to be fine. People are kind of actually getting used to it, which is Mm -hmm. something that I love because we've had some challenges over the last few months of buyers just kind of retreating and trying to figure out what's going to happen, trying to understand where, how much their money can, how far your money could go. And yeah, so it's, we will if the cycle will continue people will still buy homes and if you can afford it now is actually a great time because there are opportunities for you that there isn't for some buyers 
are there opportunities? Because every month we have you on the show, <laughs> and the crazy thing has been there's just no inventory in Cincinnati, right? So yeah. is it starting to kind of ease up a little bit where, hey, if maybe you are able to and willing to pay that 8% up front, you know, you can always re refinance. Absolutely. Um, is there are there properties out there that you can buy? There are. And it's surprisingly, I went out just this week and I showed one buyer uh, seven properties in one day. Wow. I haven't done that. I haven't <laughs> been able to do that for years wow. <laughs> since, since the pandemic. You know, usually we're doing one and gun and one and run. But I was able to show this client in a specific price range seven properties in the Cincinnati area. That was really exciting to me. And it actually kind of, I was a little nostalgic because that was the way it was <laughs> five, six, 10 years ago, we were able to show multiple properties. So there are opportunities out there. Uh, is it a grand amount? No, but yeah, at the same right. time, there's, if, if you're not in, you're not looking, you're never going to find what you're looking for. So, so go ahead. So my my, my my question is, all right, if your budget is whatever, 1500 bucks a month for a mortgage, sure. um, at 3%, that bought a house at a lot more higher price than an 8% mortgage uh, will buy you. So are, are, are you expecting home prices to drop because of higher interest rates? We are definitely seeing a bit of a leveling off and a just a slight downtick, but for the most part in the Cincinnati market, we haven't seen a whole lot of change. It's not going up as rapidly as it was last year in the last couple of years, which is actually really, really good. And if we stay constant and even, I think that's a win. I really, really do. And sellers have to also be realistic in the fact that they may not be able to list their home the same as their neighbor did a year or a year mm -hmm. and a half ago. It may have to be slightly lower, a few thousand dollars. And again, it may take a little bit longer also to sell because there aren't as many buyers out there looking. That's why I say buyers, get your butts out there and keep looking. <laughs> Well, you know, Michelle, it has been a heck of a time for first-time homebuyers, right? Because they're usually in that lower price range. But one of the things I've found really interesting that you've said is it's kind of across every price point that there just wasn't much inventory out Correct. there. Even if you get up to, you know, half a million-dollar homes and a million-dollar homes, what about now? I mean, if there, if there was opportunity in one sort of price point, where would you say that is? Uh, I believe the opportunities are still in a little bit of a higher price point. I do think anything below 200000 in the Cincinnati market is going to get snapped up really quickly. Mm. Um, it's interesting, too, that my sister, quick story, my sister called me and said that her son, my nephew, called and said, I can't believe, Mom, I'm never going to be able to afford a house because I need to make more money. I need to get a second job. And I can't find anything for less than 200000 And my sister, who hasn't purchased a home for a really long time, she said, oh, that's silly. You can get something for 100 or 125 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I said, call my nephew and tell him he's right. You're wrong. <laughs> this is your wake-up call, sister. <laughs> it is. You know, life has changed, and it's changed dramatically over the last 10 years. So if you haven't bought or sold in the last 10 years, you really do need that wake-up call. You need to listen to the experienced agent who is going to help you through the process 
and have you realized where we are because it has changed a lot well, one of the things that that i just would i'm so happy i'm not in this position first time home buyers i mean when i yeah. was you know just starting out and and my wife and i were looking at our first home um it was bad enough you know cuz you're you're broke and you know maybe you just got married or just started a family or whatever the the case happens to be and money is an issue you need a mortgage you can't pay cash and right. in this market it was so crazy that you're up against all these cash buyers that are making mm -hmm. offers with almost no contingencies in the first day of a listing I would hope that this slowdown is helping first-time home buyers. Is it, it, are you seeing that? Well, no. I think there's always going to be a challenge for mm -hmm. first-time home buyers over the course of the next few years. I don't see that that's going to change a whole lot. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I would encourage, my best advice for first-time home buyers, figure out what your credit score is and make it better. Find out ways to make mm -hmm. it better. No. save as much as you can for a down payment. The more you have in a down payment, the better your overall payment is going to be. If you can do 20% down, now you can certainly buy a home with a lot less. You can buy a home with 3% down, but then you're going to have additional money being taken out for private mortgage insurance. Yeah. So your best bet is to save, 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 and then understand your debt to income ratio. If this is all like foreign to you, yeah. if you're a first time home buyer, you know someone who's a first time home buyer, they should talk to an agent. They should Figure talk to out. a lender. They should ask the questions How much do I need? How much do I need to save? How, what should my credit score be? How do I find my credit score? These are kind of basics that we don't talk about enough as far as I'm concerned. I don't think we learn this. I don't think first time home buyers have even have no knowledge on what to do and how to get started. Great advice as always from Michelle. So Michelle, I'm marking this down on my calendar. The first time we've talked to you in a long time that you said <laughs> there is some opportunity out there for buyers. If you've been on the sidelines, maybe it's time to jump in. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. If you've got a financial issue you can't figure out, maybe you and your spouse just aren't on the same page, there's a red button you can click on while you're listening to the show. It's right there on the iHeart app. Record your question. It's coming straight to us. We'd love to help you figure it out or maybe weigh in on that situation. And straight ahead, we're looking at the tax breaks that you can get just by fixing up your home. All right. So there's a lot of things I think, Steve, when people start thinking about retirement and they come in and start talking to mm -hmm. us and we're like, mm, that's not exactly right. Right. There's a lot of misconceptions out there that people have. And one of them is what the retirement age is going to be for them. And, and one of the, I think also big things is that they have control over when yeah. they're going to retire. Sometimes you do often you don't. I love the Woody Allen quote. Woody Allen said, Hey, if you want to make God laugh, just tell them about your plans. I mean, <laughs> there are so many, so many people that, you know, when you sit down and you say, okay, let's, you know, what's your preferred retirement age? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go until 67 or I'm going to go till 70 or, you know, whatever the case is, I hope they don't say, well, the way it looks, I might have to work forever. You know, that that's not mm -hmm. a good one, but the average desired retirement age is about 66. That, that's when people want to hang it up. It's close enough to full retirement age for Social Security. 
um, that, okay, I, I'll go that far, but I don't want to go to 70. But unfortunately, the reality is the average actual retirement age is more like 62, yeah. which tells me, okay, maybe the majority of people aren't exactly having their, their dreams the way that they had hoped on how long they're going to work. They were snatched away from them. Well, yeah, there's a retirement confidence survey that said almost half of retirees said they left the workforce earlier than they had planned on, right? Yeah. So maybe you go in, you work with a financial planner, they say, okay, what's your goal when you want to retire? Oh, 66. Okay, great. Here's the problem. There are four different kinds of sick that a lot of people can come up <laughs> against, know. right? One of them is that you get sick, right? You had no idea. You didn't see the diagnosis coming, but suddenly... You can't make it in every morning anymore. It's exhausting. You're not feeling well. You've got doctor's appointments, treatment, whatever it is. It's not working for you. Also, someone you love gets sick, right? And you have to leave your job in order to become a caregiver for them. That happens pretty often too. But there's other kinds of sicks as, as well. And one of them is your boss gets sick of you. You've yeah. got no control over that, right? Your boss is, you're done. There's a severance package, um, whatever that looks like. And... Uh, you could get sick of that job. You may love it right now. And next Monday morning, you may walk into a brand new boss, brand new situation, right? You've got no control over it. And all of a sudden, that job that you love for decades or years, you can't stand going in. And you need some flexibility then about when you can walk away. Yeah, you want some stress in your life. Most people have not sat down with a financial planner you know, in, in their 50s and really mapped out th this sort of thing. So, you know, if you're like most people and haven't done that, um, you're chugging along, doing fine. Okay, there's cycles in businesses and, and sometimes there's a downturn. And there's nothing like hearing from your boss or a company announcement. Yeah, we're going to be laying off 10% of the workforce and uh, you may be part of a class that's going to be impacted. It's voluntary. And if we don't get a certain amount of people to sign up, it may become involuntary. That goes on all the time, un un unfortunately. And, and I, I've dealt with people that, you know, hey, I, I don't want to take this, but I sure don't want to give up this package um, because they may cut my job if I don't take it. That's between a rock and a hard place. And it happens all the time. So I, I, I think the answer is it's always going to be, do the work, get your financial plan drawn up so you know what it looks like if you retire at 67, 66, 65, 64. And if a retirement offer comes down the pike and you already know that you can afford to retire at your current age, there's no stress. I, I mean, you already know it works. So, you yeah. know, th this is where being ahead of, of the curve, just doing the work ahead of time can make a huge difference. I'll tell you who makes me nervous. The kind of people who come in and say, I'm going to work until I'm 70 or I'm never, ever going to retire. Yeah. I love my job. So I don't need to tuck money away in a 401k because I'm just going to work forever. Okay. Well, one third of workers say they expect to retire at 70 or later. Six mm percent -hmm. of retirees that actually pull that off. Right. Yeah. And so there's just a huge discrepancy there. So that's when I say, hey, if you plan for 62, which is the, the current age, um, and then you can work longer. Great. It's yeah. gravy on the boat. It's, you know, icing on the top of the cake. It's all the things that make your life far less stressful. And yeah, the longer you can work, the better it is. You're not pulling out of savings, right? Even if you're working part-time and you cannot pull off a of savings every year that goes by, you're better off. In some cases, you're going to have health care benefits, health insurance mm -hmm. benefits for longer. All of those things can make a ton of sense. But I think the key here is you have to know you may not be able to control that retirement age. 
Yeah, and I, I'm living proof. I mean, I wasn't expecting to have a triple bypass at 61. Mm. It, you know, I I figured I'm in peak physical condition. Well, no, I was far from it. I just didn't know it. But, you <laughs> know, you having know? something like that happen to you makes you reevaluate what are your long-term work plans. And, and, you know, it certainly plays into my retirement decision. So, yeah, get your plan done. Know where you stand. Here's the deal with advice. If you work longer because you can and you want to, well, the financial benefits are great, but don't bank on that happening. Save now. Coming up next, it's a win-win fixing up your home and saving money and taxes at the same time. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. You're on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money presented by Allworth Financial. I'm Mimi Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. Okay, so for those of you who are completely scared off by 8% interest rates and you're saying, I am not moving anytime soon, you may be looking not only at staying put, but doing some upgrades around your house. Well, it's good to know that some of those things you might be able to do, you might also get a tax break on. Yeah, and and some of these tax breaks are tax credits. And, and well, yeah, I've got some deductions. No, 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 no. Tax deductions, yeah, they help. Tax credits are awesome. Yes. A tax credit is if you've got a credit of $1,000 and you owe Uncle Sam $1,000, you don't owe him that money anymore right. if you've got a $1,000 tax credit. It comes right off of what you owe. And there are some things you can do around the house that will give you tax credits. I, I think the biggest one out there is still solar panels. I mean, these things are not cheap to put up. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not cheap. But you can get, they'll sit, you know, for a whole house, they can save you as much as 1500 bucks a year on electricity, but over and above that, you can get some significant tax credits out of it, depending on how much and how expensive the panels are. Yeah. So they're saying, at least according to Forbes, you can save up to about $1,500 a year, right, by using solar panels. But not only that, the government, in most cases, will give you a 30% tax credit to cover the cost of that installation. It's funny. Years ago, I remember seeing solar panels in a house for the first time and being like, what is that? You know, it looks different. Obviously, you see them on the roof and all of a sudden now... I see them all the time. I got the best kind. I got the kind somebody else paid for and I bought their house. Oh, brilliant, (laughs) right? That's fantastic. And the president just announced this last year, the Inflation Reduction Act, and it does have some nice tax breaks for specific renovations that make your house more energy efficient. One of the things that you can do really easy is just getting your home audited, right? Energy audits. You get $150 tax credit just for doing that. Doesn't take a lot of time. What it can do, though, is open your eyes to, oh, we're losing a lot of energy and a lot of heat in here through doors or windows or insulation. And so some of those things um, you can, you know, replace and then save a lot more money on. Yeah, if you get an energy audit done, it's probably it might be a little more than 150 bucks. But that person doing the audit probably knows what the deals are. So if you replace windows, he might be able to point you towards, yeah, this is eligible for a tax credit or that's eligible for a tax credit. It can help. Yeah, and if you're looking at your kitchen, right, as far as updates, um, look at energy-efficient appliances. There's a lot of them out there. We got some new ones recently. Um, You might actually get new appliances, qualify for new appliances, if you meet certain criteria there. So lots of options. Thanks for listening tonight. We hope you're going to tune in tomorrow. We're talking about ways to help your aging parents manage their money. You've been listening to Simply Money, presented by Allworth Financial, here on 55KRC, the talk station.